Have you ever been asked if you're a religious person? Or has the question uh, ever caused you to pause and really consider the implications? What does it even mean? Um, And then what about spirituality? Um, A question that very often causes a great amount of confusion as people wrestle with whether they are indeed spiritual and what it even means to be spiritual. Um, And even more than that, is there even a a difference between the two, religious or spiritual um or and and do the thought processes intersect or are they interchangeable is it one and the same so that's what we want to talk about today um as we muse into it um, I've always found myself uh, puzzling as to how to answer someone who asks me if I'm religious Um, and that's simply because the question is so broad Um, if somebody were to ask you are you a religious person it doesn't really mean anything and because of that I kind of feel like we owe it to God and whoever might even ask us the question to be honest and sincere with the answer to that question. Are you a religious person? And if we can um, to answer questions like that in a way that might compel someone to seek a little more or dig a little deeper, um, Especially considering who it is that might be asking us the question, are you a religious person? Do you consider yourself a religious person? I hate to end those questions with yes or no, because in them I see opportunity for deeper conversation um, that isn't always uh, available or open. Um, So just to simply say yes without deeper thought to me would feel a little uh, disingenuous just to say, yes, I'm a religious person. Generally speaking, at least most Christians will probably say, yes, uh, I am a religious person. Unfortunately, a lot would um, leave it at that. But it can be sort of, you know, disingenuous because am I really simply saying that I'm simply one who follows a set of traditions Um, or am I doing something deeper than that? That's the nature of the question. That's really the thought that led me to this musing. Um, Is that all I mean? Yes, I follow a set of traditions. Thank you for asking and goodbye. Or 
is it more to it than that to the religion of a Christian who is sincere toward God? Is it simply, yes, I follow some traditions and leave it at that? Okay, so that's what we want to look at. That's what really led me to this musing is just being asked the question myself, are you a religious person? And, you know, I found that I really had to think about the answer uh, before I was just able to say yes or no to it, which I think is great. We should think. I mean, I think it's unfortunate how Christians so often rush to a conclusion and leave so much potentially useful conversation just out there because they won't, you know, take it a little deeper, think about it a little more. So the first question um, I would ask is, is there a difference um, that makes this a worthwhile musing or conversation? Is there a difference between religion and spirituality? Short answer, absolutely yes. Partly because religion can be very easily defined as a set of faith-based traditions. Okay, and that right there uh, paints a very simplistic um, picture of what the limitations can be when somebody says, yes, I am a religious individual. Um, so, I mean, just for uh, example of simple religion that could be nothing more than a tradition with nothing really behind it that goes into the spiritual. An example, of course, would be something like going to church um, and how many people go to church religiously but have no actual love toward God um, or don't even go to receive anything. They simply go religiously because as a child, they were told to go to church. Maybe they were told um, you can get something from God or maybe um, I remember growing up and where I grew up, there was a, um, a secular radio host and he would always um, speak about how, you know, it's OK to, you know, whatever on the weekend and, you know, be in church on Sunday. And I, I mean, it's nonsense. Not that one can't do it, but the there's no heart there. It's just being done because I this stuff means nothing to me. My life isn't changing, but I'll see you on Sunday. Um, that's a perfect example of religion minus faith, religion minus spirituality is simply a tradition. My family has always been in church or whatever it might be, whoever convinced me to go. Um, I don't really care if I learn anything. I don't care if I'm strengthened. If I have questions, I'm not there to ask them. I'm simply going. Um, so that's a great example. A another one, even more so uh, praying over one's food. Now, when I grew up, um, I was taught the poem, God is uh, great and God is good and we thank him for his food. I mean, I was taught that, so I would say that as a child. Now, I never thought of what it meant, didn't care what it meant. And if a lot of us are honest who were taught to say that poem, it's the same thing. It was almost like uh, the gun going off in a race. You know, you pray and then you dig in. Um, and it was treated that way so often. Um, I remember even at family gatherings, you know, the prayer was a joke. You know, who can make everybody laugh during this foolish ritual, you know, and nothing again but a tradition. Right. I mean, it, when you think about it, how many people even know a scripture 
um, because there is scripture about praying in regard to food. How many people even know that? Right. I mean, that's something that I would want to know. Um, why am I praying before I eat? What in the world does this have to do with any, anything? But what religion does is it creates these traditions. And I don't even really know. I don't even have uh, any inclination as to why I should or shouldn't do this or what it means or what should I be saying. Um, it's just a tradition. Um, nothing to do with God, nothing to do with spirituality. I have no idea what I'm even talking about. Just let me say something, you know, because this is a tradition I was given. This is a tradition I learned or was taught. So to put it even more plainly, the thing about religion is that it can be fulfilled completely in the flesh. That's one thing to think of when you compare religion and spirituality. Religion can be fulfilled completely in the flesh. Um, it There doesn't have to be anything spiritual about it, religion. Um, and like I said, just those two small examples, you can fill yourself up with religious traditions that aren't, I mean, come on, the holidays that Christians partake in. Um, so often they're tradition-based, nothing to do with God. Um, the children have no idea, okay, why is Jesus a part of whatever, Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny? How do these things go together? Well, whatever. This is just a part of our familial tradition, right? Well, well what does that tree, mom, dad, have to do with Jesus? Well, this is just a part of our tradition, right? There, It's not necessarily anything spiritual about it. You know, it can completely be fulfilled in the flesh. Um, and that's, you know, an easy way to separate religion from spirituality. Religion so often is just a faith-based tradition that requires no faith, honestly. Um, it's a tradition of my uh, sect or whatever it might be, family, church, whatever it might be, denomination. That's what it is. So we'll look more into it uh, because when we delve into spirituality, we're now operating on a different level when we're really looking at spirituality. Um, an example, if we'll just go to John chapter four, um, we see a very popular scripture, um, but it, it really has a lot of worth to it starting at the 23rd verse, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must do so must worship in spirit and truth. Um, so unfortunately, a lot of people use this um, for emotional reasons, you know. So, yeah, when you worship God through song or whatever you are, just make sure you're very emotional. I don't know how that scripture turned into that um, and just ignore it, kind of the truth part, the truth aspect of it. And it's more like if the modern church would kind of say something like the true worth worshipers will worship God very ecstatically. I mean, that's pretty much how people use it. Forget the spirit and truth. It's pretty much that, yeah, the true worth worshipers are crazy. You know, the true worshipers like to shout and stuff. That would be the modern interpretation, which this does not mean. I mean, if you read it, how did you get that from there? Well, religion, faith-based tradition, somebody told you that that's what it meant. When spirit is who we really are, you know, in truth, what we really understand. So that's the thing. We worship God in truth. We worship God with who we actually are. 
not with just some, you know, a higher level of emotionalism. But when we look at spirituality, we're going to a different level. It becomes deeper than the traditions that I learned. Um, it becomes deeper than, oh, I do this because this is what I was taught to do. So when I flatly tell somebody I'm religious, it could simply mean that I go to church. That's what I'm saying, that when, when I end the conversation, hey, James, are you religious? Yes. To them, it could mean I go to church. Uh, to them, it could mean, so don't cuss around me, right? It's something simple as that. Oh, I don't drink alcohol or, or whatever, you know, your religious thing is. Um, it could be simply that. Um, but it doesn't explain to them who I actually am uh, as a being, as a new creation, it doesn't explain that when I just simply say, yes, I'm religious, you know, so no, I didn't see that movie or, or no, I'm not going to go to that place because yes, I'm religious, you know, um, that is, it doesn't explain anything. Um, and so often it can end the conversation there. And sometimes it could actually even, um, break the opportunity to have more spiritual relationships, because maybe if you had taken the time to go a little deeper, that person who asked the question might ask another question and another and another. Um, so it's almost like we choose as Christians to end the conversation by saying, yes, I'm religious. Um, and based on the context of what the conversation was, why the question was asked, the person might feel like, OK, so I just won't talk to you about this or that. Well, hey, maybe we're the one they need to talk to for Christ's sake. OK, so um, let, let's uh, look at some scripture um, because, I mean, hey, how do you further a Christian conversation? Well, let's talk about some scripture. So let's look at some scriptures and really look at it um, to see if we can kind of nail down a difference. Now, here's one I love. I think it's a great place to start. Romans chapter one um, and verse 11. I think this is a great place to start religion versus spirituality and take note of the style of conversation. Um, take note of how he says this and what he says in writing this. And we're speaking of Paul, but um, Romans one and travel down to the 11th verse. And let's just look at the wording here for now. Or he says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Now, let me tell you why I love this scripture so much. Notice what he says here. He says, I want to impart to you. This is why I've been longing to see you, not just to hang out with you guys or anything like that. But I want to impart to you some spiritual gift. Look at what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, I want to give you some religious thing. I've got this new holiday you guys are going to love or this new tradition that's really going to set things off or draw people into your gathering or anything like that. He says, I want to see you guys so that I can impart some spiritual gift. Awesome. Absolutely beautiful. Um, and he asked the question, why? Right. Why did he? And this is the first chapter. This is how he's opening up his letter. I want to see you guys so I can impart some spiritual gift. Why? Because that's what we're about. Um, the spiritual gift goes deeper 
than, hey, guys, I got a new song I want you guys to learn. This will be awesome. No, 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 he didn't say anything like that. Um, or, or, hey, guys, I just had this great idea for your youth group. You're going to love it. He didn't say that. He said, I have some spiritual thing, okay, something that is going to be beneficial to you from a spiritual perspective, who we really are. So not some new tradition, or I got a great idea for your, you know, your, your, uh, the, the, the play, you know, that you're about to do for this season or whatever. No, it was nothing like that. He says, hey, guys, I can't wait to come see you guys because I, I want to impart to you something spiritual, something that will help you live for God in this world. Absolutely awesome. I think that's a great start. Um, then let's go to First Corinthians and the second chapter. Um, and we'll start at verse 12. Um, and that says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Um, these things we also speak not in words, which man's wisdom teaches. I love that. But which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual all right, religion comes from the man, man's wisdom, what man teaches. 14, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Look at the emphasis here. It doesn't say they're religiously discerned. It's spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Um, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And in all that we see, this mind of Christ is a spiritual mind. It is a mind that is not limited to um, simple traditions. Um, okay, go ahead and do this, 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 and this. All right, good. Now you can uh, begin your process of church or whatever it might be. Another scripture, uh, Galatians chapter 6. I also think this is a good one, just speaking of the importance of a spiritual nature. Just the first verse. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Huge right there. It doesn't say those religious ones of you restore him uh, for the sake that he'll fall in line with, you You know, what you guys like to do. No, it says to the ones who are spiritual. So what we see here is a depth in spirituality that we don't necessarily get from religion. Uh, religion is easy to do. There, there may be some things as far as religion goes that require uh, something from you outside of the ordinary. Um, like again, giving up your weekends or whatever for your Sunday school class, they wanted you to read this portion of scripture. So now you got to read the Bible a little bit. There are some things uh, that religion might require but spirituality requires that much more. Um, so we say, yeah, those who are spiritual do this, not just those who know the dogma of my doctrine, uh, of my denomination. No, 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 that's not what it is. Those who really understand this from a spiritual perfection uh, um, per perspective, those are the ones um, who we need to do the restoration, spirituality. Another scripture as far as this goes, Colossians in the first chapter and to the ninth verse. 
And for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Why? That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Spiritual understanding. So huge here. Okay. It's not a mere um, religious understanding. Spiritual understanding um, is what he calls for. Spiritual understanding. That is a big deal. That is very um, important. And that was the desire. So looking at these scriptures, I think it gives us a biblical idea that suggests a spiritual nature is far greater than a religious nature. Um, so considering religion versus spirituality, spirituality has to trump religious because religious, like I said in the beginning, can be fulfilled completely in the flesh. It, I mean, it very easily can, can be fulfilled in the flesh. Um, a religious nature alone is prone to superstition and tradition without understanding um, as to whether there is a spiritual purpose or whether we're just following men, which is something the Bible does warn against. Colossians chapter 2 um, and the eighth verse. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. We have a warning against simply following the religions or the traditions of men, which is where we get our religion from. OK, most of the time our religion comes from the traditions of men which right there, we're warned, beware, watch out, lest anybody cheats you from your true walk, true understanding, true spirituality, through philosophy and empty deceit. It's all about their words and reasoning. So with their words and reasoning, you've now been convinced to follow their traditions, though they are not even from God. They're based on the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. That is the potential danger of simply being religious. Um, I have no questions about it. I was overcome by this individual who explained to me this thing that works for me. The spiritual implication, I don't know. Um, you want to talk about it? No, I'm convinced. You know, this, hey, I, I respect this person. Okay, I understand you respect that person, but um, yeah, what they're saying has no biblical, yeah, whatever, you know, I don't care. I just appreciate this person. So I'm going to follow the traditions of this individual and come what may. Well, that's the wrong attitude for a follower of Christ to have. We should be following the things that Christ set in order as he is the head of the body, the church in the world. So as saints, comprising the church of Christ, we ought to be moved by the spirit of God, not by the practices of men. It should be no comparison. I should never choose religion over God as a Christian. I mean, it's an unbelievable thought process that there are actually Christians who even do that, um, who will happily choose religion over Christ uh, with absolutely no 
I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. But yes, I do this thing. But what kind of nonsense is that, especially if we're supposed to be lights in the world? How can we have that attitude? Now, that being said, um, is there any credence to religion? I mean, we got to ask the question, um, you know, so it's just all religion, every tradition or whatever it is, just, okay, this is bad, get rid of it. No, I mean, we can't we can't do that. Let's look at some scripture um, because, I mean, just continuing on with the premise of tradition, if we go to Second Thessalonians and I'm going to say chapter two. And yeah, verse 15, this is a good one, um, because this and again, just liken religion to tradition um, for the sake of what we're talking about. And look at this. Second Thessalonians two fifteen. Uh, Paul speaks again and he says, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Right there, we see that there is uh, some value to religion depending on where the religion came from. That is the huge, huge, important thing. And at the same time, the greater weight is still on understanding. Okay, understanding what? and why we are doing whatever these traditions are. But here in verse 15, we see something very important. He says, brothers, stand fast and hold the traditions which we taught you. Okay, those of us who are uh, apostles, um, Paul speaking, of course, who were there with Christ, um, who Christ taught. He says, listen to what we say. The traditions that we set in order, he's saying we were there with Christ. So this isn't just some tradition that like you couldn't say, okay, well, my church or whatever has been around for 25 years. So, and then I'm going to read this, you know, scripture here and say, so I follow the traditions of them or hundred years. So yeah, we have one of those churches that are, you know, can trace itself back for 300. It doesn't matter. This is one of the few apostles speaking here. And he says, Hey, hold the traditions we taught you. We know Christ. Christ spoke to us. Christ told us what to do. Hold on to these traditions that you got either from word or from one of the letters that we wrote to you. So it makes it very clear, whatever religion, whatever tradition we follow, we should be able to find in the letters written by the apostles of Christ. It's that simple. I should never be pressured into following a tradition that is not biblical and is not speaking to the saints biblically. Now, I bring that up because some people like to travel to the Jews and point out this is why we should do this or that. You got to be careful of that because we are not Jews. The laws and things that they were given are not things that we should necessarily be following. So, even in that, the traditions that we follow, we need to make sure that they were written to the church. OK, the church As I mean, again, all one has to do is go through Hebrews and you'll see that the things that the Israelites told are not the same things that the church was told. OK, so that's something that's very important and probably will need to be another musing just to make it make sense, because I know a lot of Christians do that, you know, um, They'll travel to Deuteronomy to try to tell you why they do something. And it's like, whoa, 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 you need context because was he talking to you? OK, was he talking to you? Is it still relevant for the church? 
Very important that we understand that. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to come back that for amusing so I could prove that point, because I know some people have the thought process. Well, it's in the Bible. So there you go. And it's like, no, it definitely has its validity. But was it talking to you right now as a saint, um, as one who is a part of the church? So that's a very important um, thing right there. So with our traditions, Paul says, did it come from one of us, the apostles? If it came from one of us, hold to it, hold to it. We hear from Jesus himself, hold to that tradition. And that's a very important thing that it's speaking of those apostles who walked with Christ. Okay, not just somebody today who has thrown the the title apostle in front of their name. I'm not talking about that person. Um, I'm talking about the actual apostles of Jesus Christ. And so is Paul. Okay, um, and, and again, we have another good scripture about useful religion. If you look at James um, chapter 1, uh, going to verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, his religion is useless. I love this. I absolutely love it because he's saying again, that is the tradition without spirit. That is the simple, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't live like it. Oh, this scripture is so hard. This scripture is so awesome and so necessary because how many Christians do we know um, who are like this, right? Who claim to be religious, who claim to be followers of the ways of Christ and yet are completely contrary um, through their conversation, their conduct, um, the way they treat other people or whatever it may be. Their worldliness, their love of money and, you know, whatever it might be. So contrary, but the, the, by their conversation, you'll just completely think that they just absolutely love God. And yet their life is completely contrary. Their conversation is completely contrary. How often do we see that? That's where scriptures like this become very powerful to us um, that we can say, whoa, whoa, whoa. If somebody is like this, then their religion is useless. It's fake. It has no, God is not pleased. And that's the reality of it. You know, when people think that they can live ungodly in a way that dishonors God, and then somehow God is pleased when they come on Sunday and sing their solo. Well, James says right here, their religion is useless. God is not pleased by that at all. 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I think it's interesting because there are people who will quote verse 27 and just leave it at the first part. They have a ministry where they visit orphans and widows. But what about keeping oneself unspotted from the world? See, now our religion is becoming will, uh, real. Yes, it does speak of taking care of the brethren who are in need, but also keeping oneself clean from the corruptions of the world. Now we see what true religion is, what that tradition is that goes deeper than, uh, you know, just an outward thing that I can do in the flesh. No, it's carrying over into my spiritual walk. We know that um, because I'm keeping myself unspotted from the world. So and, and with these things, we see that there are good traditions. There are good practices. Um, but they never supersede spirituality. Going back to verse 26, this one's religion is useless because it's not real. It's not spiritual. 
Okay, so we have that example of good religion there in verse 27. Um, visiting the orphans and widows in their trouble. That means to help them, not going and sitting with them and shaking our heads. Man, you guys are poor. Oh, well, let me pray for you and leave. No, 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 that's false religion. That's not real, just as James said, if somebody is hungry and we say, be blessed and filled and then leave. No, 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 uh, give them what they need. That's true religion. That pleases the Father when we do that for our brothers and sisters in the world who are in need and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Doesn't mean it will be easy, but that is what true religion looks like. Um, and so we see that, you know, we go back to that example from earlier, the devoted, you know, churchgoer. Um, and, you know, you just see, okay, so that's an example of, it can be an example of good religion. Um, different from the one who simply goes, uh, you know, because this is a tradition. I, you will see me there all the time because I've decided to uh, dedicate my Sundays to doing this. Nothing to do with God, nothing to do with growth, nothing to do with you. Um, this is all about me. And I did it. You know, I'm in good standing. I can, you know, whatever it is, cry with the best of them, sing with the best of them, dress with the best of them, all this nonsense, um, tithe or whatever with the best of them. That's false. But there is the type of religion where a person goes to see who I can help that day, to see what I can learn that day. Uh, so, yes, that person can be excited um, about going for God's sake, for the sake of spirituality. So you can look at that devoted churchgoer either way um, and see, OK, this person is doing this person's religion is true. Whereas that one is just checking something off of their list, you know, their list of re religious things to do. So it can kind of be said that uh, indeed spiritual people are religious, but not all religious people are spiritual. OK, I mean, religion is an easy thing. There are many religions in the world. Uh, you can do something religiously and not even people work out religiously. You know, I mean, this, people watch television shows religiously or sports religiously. So. Yes, there are definitely a lot of religious people that aren't the slightest bit um, spiritual at all. Um, but spiritual people should indeed be religious because uh, there are things that we follow for the sake of God. There are things that we practice religiously for God's sakes. So you will see a religious spiritual person, but not all religious people are spiritual. Now, with this, we need a warning because... Um, in the world we live in, and it's not new, but you also have your new age spiritual person. So you got to kind of be careful about that um, because, you know, we got to warn the brethren, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ against this whole sp wholesale spiritualism. Okay. So, and that's to say there are many new age spiritually minded people within the church um, teaching spiritism more than they are teaching anything about God. Um, they're teaching these, uh, you know, ways that you can seem spiritual, do this, do that, you know, um, and it has nothing to do with God. And we got to be careful, you know, about that. Um, to, to say I'm spiritual should show my understanding of and devotion to God as I learn of him through Christ and through the word of God. That's what it should mean when one of the saints say we're spiritual. Okay. It shouldn't mean that I'm, you know, 
oh yeah, I, I like to sit and you know practice Eastern meditation, or you know when I when I sing my music, I like to get myself into a trance, you know, or or, or other things like that, you know, um, things that are foreign to the saints as we learn of them in Scripture. That's not what spiritual means. That's not what we're talking about, you know. I'm um, into stones and you know reciting this and doing that stuff. That's not scriptural. That's not true. True biblical spirituality that's a different type of thing that can sometimes be dangerous because there are also bad spirits so there is the opportunity in that stuff to open ourselves up to demonic and anti-christ spirits so we got to be careful with just accepting any form of spirituality when somebody says oh i'm a very spiritual person so i'm in the you know tarot cards and horoscopes and all this other things that the bible speaks against Okay, Uh, things that are not controlled by the spirit of God, but are controlled by some demon or some devil. Um, So that's not the spirituality we speak of. We're speaking of who we really are. God is a spirit. So we are spirits in the image of God. And in that, yes, I am spiritual in who I really am. I am spiritual based on what, what I learned of God through Christ. That is the true spirituality that we should be striving for um, a spirituality that likens us to God, not just makes us a mystical person. Okay. Who's just once again, trying to get some emotional high or whatever it might be. Okay. Um, so that's, that's something that's just a warning there. Not everybody who claims to be spiritual is even speaking about God as we know of him through Christ. All right. So, I think that was a great. I mean, uh, uh, are you a religious person? Are you a spiritual person? Okay, I mean, those are the questions we can leave here with. Those are the questions you can ask yourself. Are you a religious person? Are you a spiritual person? Like I said, when people ask us questions, we should be ready and willing and excited to give explanations. We shouldn't be short with people. We shouldn't be quick with people. This should be what we want. Yes, I want to talk to you about God. So when you come at me with this question, it's not just going to be yes and no. Okay, you notice I don't laugh at a certain joke. Oh, are you religious? Yeah. All right, so I won't joke with you about that stuff. No, it shouldn't end right there. I'm going to steal the ball and say, well, what do you mean by that question? In some ways, I'm religious, but I would more... uh, consider myself to be spiritual because blah 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 like i said people in the world talk about what they want why wouldn't you so don't just be quick to are you a religious person yes or because you want to be deep you know what no i am a christian but i'm not religious so they nod and walk away well what did you gain from that okay so these are questions for you are you a religious person are you appropriately religious or do you just do some christian things because you were told to do some christian things You were told that if you do these Christian things, perhaps God might, you know, X, Y, Z, give you something, be happy with you, whatever it is. Are you a spiritual person? Um, Do your traditions and the things you follow go a little bit deeper than something that can be fulfilled in the flesh? All right. My last question, are the two at war with each other, Uh, religion and spiritual? No, they're not. They're they're not at war. It's just that one takes precedent as it speaks of an entirely new creature, Um, not just one who has a set of practices that have been passed down throughout generations. That's what we see. That that's what the 
contrast is when we look at religion versus spirituality that's what we're looking at um so the two are not again let it be said about us that we are spiritual and therefore we are religious um religion cannot make you spiritual um it does not mean that you are spiritual like we i'm sure everybody who might hear this knows somebody who is religious but does not regard god at all does not live for god at all and yet, absolutely, you'll find them at church and in the choir and places like that. But when you see them in the world, they are the most ungodly individual you might run into. That should not be us. Um, we should be spiritual. And our spirituality should lead to our being religious, to us having those faith-based traditions. But our spirituality and our desire to be spiritual should cause us to consider why we do this or that. Um, I love being able to explain to my children why we practice what we do. Um, some answers I didn't have when I was younger. Why would I pray, you know, like I said, before food or before whatever it is, I like to be able to answer those questions for my children so that the things that we do practice and that I want them to have a practice of um, they have an understanding of it as well so that it's not just I don't know. I was just taught this as a kid. So I do it. So I believe it. No understanding of it. But I was taught it. So I do it. Well, that's not what I want for them. I want them to know God in truth. I want them to understand why we do what we do, why we practice um, what I'm teaching them, what uh, me and my wife are teaching them to pray. This is the reason why. Okay, so let our spirituality trump our religion. So it's not a battle. Um, it's just that we need to understand God is a spirit. God is not a religion. Um, and that's a huge thing to remember. God is not a religion. Um, Christ did not come to form a religion. He came to reconcile us to God. Um, so he came bringing spirituality, reconciliation. He did not come bringing a set of traditions for us to practice to please God. No, leave that to the other religions who think they can work their way into God's good graces. No, Christ came to reconcile us, not to say, oh yeah, and by the way, do this on Sundays four times and that on Saturday twice. And before you eat, do this. And before you sleep, do that. Gee, that's not Christ. Those are the traditions of men, whereas we need to be following the true and honest precepts of Christ. That is the true answer of religion versus spirituality.